For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by NFL Draft analysts Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap. Ryan adding yet another uh, addition to the resume, I guess. That was this week, right, that you announced that you're you're joining uh, Irish Breakdown on Sports Illustrated? Yep, that was this week. I had the first article that dropped on Tuesday night highlighting Kyle Hamilton and his prospects for the NFL. There we go. Ryan adding more to the resume. Alex, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Just doing this. <laughs> Fantastic. Catch up. Catch up. All right. Well, today's episode, we're continuing our summer scouting series uh, as we are now on to receivers today. There was a, a a coup that tried to launch to do tight ends for some reason, but that didn't work out. I didn't we allow tried. it. We're doing receivers on today's episode so we've got some fun names that we are going to discuss some interesting storylines before we get to that though folks i want to share a message with you from our sponsor bet online the month of june is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action and bet online is where you can find it from basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups including prop bets and futures bet online is the or sorry, has all the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit their website today and use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So I have to say, guys, I have to apologize. I made a mistake Uh-oh. on the, the interview show. I got called out for it. I accidentally misnamed Western Michigan's mascot. I don't know why, for whatever reason, I said Mustangs when it's the Broncos. Well, it's a Mustang, so, Bronco, it's a horse, I, right? I, mean, I have to apologize. I, I ran my lap for it. So that's, you know, I I, I took a lap. We There's no excuses. We're football players on this show. So well, On the positive note, though, we got a rave review that it was a great interview. It was just somebody in the beginning messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I recorded that at like 10 o'clock at night after I like worked the whole day. So I, again, no excuses. I didn't mean to do that, but I had to hit that, hit that apology. If you happen to tuning in again and you Jeez. listen to that episode, I'm sorry. Keep listening, please. I promise it's not all that bad. Yeah. I'm not that much of an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> all right, guys, let's start talking about this receiver group. Last year we had some, some talented names and some, really really quality guys get selected in the first round and I remember this time last year we were talking about coming off of a historic receiver draft class saying wow this 2021 group is going to be almost just as historic it's deep it's talented it's got some real dudes at the top but here we are 2022 are we sharing that same sentiment where where are we at the overall just overhead look of the class is it is it 
on that similar trajectory as we're continuing to have more and more talented receivers? Or is this year maybe a little bit of a drop-off? You know, I, I feel bad for the 2022 kids because, unfortunately, they have to follow up two historic classes in a row of fantastic football players. I mean, I forget what Alex's final number there was. I didn't count it up, but, like, I think Alex had, like, 15 to 20 wide receivers in the top 100 last year, right? For something like um, that. Something like, some crazy number like that. And, I mean, it was pretty much shared across the board. Like, it was a phenomenal class. And, unfortunately – 2022 is not nearly as deep. It's not nearly as talented, but I don't think it's a bad class. It's just, unfortunately for these young men, it's, it's, it's kind of, I think it's evaluated a little to the, to the oomph degree a little bit. Cause it's like, okay, it's not a bad class, but it's not historically great. So naturally everyone's going to go around and they're going to say that it is not a good class at all. When in retrospect, like, like I think future, right? Like looking back on the class, I think we're going to be like, that class was better than we gave it credit for but unfortunately, it's not quite the talent-laden class the last two have been. Yeah, I don't think overall it's a bad class. I just think when you're 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 going to compare it to what you, what you've seen lately, and what you've seen lately, like you said, is two historic classes at the wide receiver position. So this class is going to be billed as a down year at, uh, for for the position. But I still there's some guys to like. There's some high upside guys. There's some guys that I think could be impact players at the next level day one. Um, but it just doesn't have quite the ump up top of the last two classes, in my opinion, and I don't think it quite has a depth. But I think overall, it's if you compare it to other position groups year in and year out, I think it's an average class uh, given the position group. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel as though there's going to be a lot of guys in this year's class that were stuck behind talented players that ended up being drafted within the last few years. And I'm kind of like thinking of Alabama because – you know, they went Judy, Waddle, Devonta Smith the, Ruggs, the last yeah. two years and, and Ruggs. And now you get a guy like John Mechie who's kind of coming up. So, like, I, I am I wrong in assuming that? It feels like now that all these uber-talented top 15, top 32 quality receivers are out of these big programs that we might see, like, a wave of some talented recruits starting to get some more some more targets. I mean, Alabama's case for sure, because like you just said, it's a pi- it's been a pipeline the last couple of years. Like we've had four guys go in the first round the last two years, and we might have another guy next year in John Mechie. It's very possible that it happens. And then the year after that, I'm sure there's going to be a guy that we're not talking about right now that might be a first-round wide receiver out of Alabama. Like it's it, This is just what's going to happen when you're a team like in Alabama. I mean, we're going to be talking about teams like Georgia today and and some other great football teams that are play SEC high caliber football and can recruit across the country. In those instances, like they're pulling talented players in, they are developing them, and then they are sending them out. That's just kind of the pipeline that Alabama specifically has been building now. Yeah, I mean, we've had two historic classes back to back, so you're going to get in a down year. I think I think this year more than previous years, we're going to get more off the radar guys come up just because you've seen such an influx of talent come out of college football the last two years at the position that we're going to start seeing like Joe alluded to some of these guys that have been kind of pushed down the depth chart kind of surprise some folks and 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 come up and be kind of sleepers that kind of make their their name known in 2021 so let's roll into our our first category for identifying some of these prospects and the first one that we've been doing is Along the lines of highest upside, so we're talking guys that have really good traits, that have a lot of talent. Maybe they haven't put it all together, but maybe they get on a really good NFL team that puts them in a spot to be highly successful. 
they fully develop into the player that we think that they can be, and they do really, really well. So if we're going with our high upside guy, Ryan, who is your pick? Uh, I took Traylon Burks, who's the wide receiver out of Arkansas. Um, so he is listed on the Arkansas roster at six foot three, two hundred and thirty-two pounds. If anybody out there loved Lavisca Chenault coming out of Colorado, then you are going to love Traylon Burks because he plays basically the same role. He is going to play in the slot. He is a move piece. They're going to run jet sweeps to him. They are going to get him the ball quick on screens and RPOs and swings and. They're just going to try to get him in space. He's a space guy. He's their best athlete by a large margin, and they know that. And he's a big physical guy that, in the open field, not only is he equally as fast and explosive as he is powerful. So I think that he has that easy transition next level as a big slot receiver who can do a lot of the gadgety stuff. But I think the thing that's really exciting about him, and he's not asked to do this, and honestly, Arkansas's offense hinders him a little bit, is the fact that I think that he can play outside. He's six foot three, two hundred thirty plus pounds. I think that he could work as an X or even as a Z. Like it doesn't matter. I think that he can do some outside rep things. Just the problem is that they hinder him a little bit, and he has the size profile. He has the physicality profile. He's flashed great body control through contact, good hands, and he has deep speed as well. So his route running isn't there because of the role that he plays. A lot of his stuff is like really like RPO, quick arrow routes, and then you're going to become an athlete. So they're not asking you to have any nuance as a route runner, which hurts his projection a little bit early. But when we're talking about athleticism, size, physicality, explosiveness, Traylon Burst has all those traits to develop eventually into number one receiver. Compare him to Demarius Thomas, by the way. There's my cop for him. No, there's a, there's a couple people you can compare him to, uh, and I like both of those, Demarius Thomas and LaVisca Chenault, another one that kind of I, early on in his film watch, that the first thing that came to mind was A.J. Brown. That was just him as a yak athlete, someone that's physical uh, after the catch. But I think those two are, are definitely great comps as well. I, I like Traylon Burks' game, and I think he has a lot of upside at the next level as, you know, a Someone that can win in a multitude of ways. He wins down the field with with good long speed. I think he can separate from guys down the football field, but you alluded to his ability to to work after the catch and his physicality and his contact balance after the catch, turning kind of into that running back role um, once he has the ball in his hand. So I, I like Traylon Burks. I think he has a lot of upside as well. For me, it's, it's simply George Pickens out of Georgia. Talk about wanting the alpha Homer. At the catch point. No, no seriously, uh, you'll see. You've you'll been naming a lot of Georgia guys now that I think about it. Who? I just remember. Zemir I keep, White. Keep, well, you you did I talk negatively on Zemir yeah, White. I talk, I'm yeah, go back. Who keep, have I talked positively on? Continue your on. point. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. No, gonna I go talked about Lewisine in the chat. You love Lewisine, dude. You love. I do. Lewisine. I love Lewisine. But yes, the interview coming from him. Yes. So George Pickens to me, like if you want that true X that can go up and get the football that doesn't doesn't care who you are but he's the better football player that's George Pickens and he he plays he plays that game through through you know just the way he plays the position plus the way he talks and that can be a positive and a negative and you know you want to talk about the positives George Pickens being six foot three 200 pounds super long arms uh, someone that if you look at his highlight tape I mean there, there's no one that that wins at the catch point wins outside of his frame any better than him in this in this year's class in my opinion I don't I think he has a limitless uh catch radius I, I guess you should say um you know at the catch point through physicality so I, I think George Pickens is just that true x I think he has good athleticism better than his current tape would even suggest the negatives on him is one he just tore his ACL 
what you know what does 2021 look like for him moving forward you know there's rumors that he could find a way to play towards the end of the season is he going to be able to participate in you know uh postseason you know then after that pre-draft process if he does choose to declare that'll be a question mark but one the acl one it's just kind of the attitude. You know, you've seen him get tossed out of games. The Georgia Tech game, his true freshman season. You've seen him get numerous, you know, 15 uh, yard penalties. What's the penalty called? I can't Personal think. foul. Personal foul. <laughs> unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unnecessary roughness, unsportsmanlike conduct. He gets those quite a bit. And that's just, I think there's just a maturity issue there. And there's, there's going to be some question marks with that throughout this process, some, que- some answers that need to be uh had for for George Pickens you know throughout this process but on the field he's just an ultra talent ultra size the length the the ability at the catch point I think there's just so much upside for him moving forward there's no reason that George Pickens shouldn't be a first round pick and I don't want to speculate on his personality or his character I can just say though just watching the games Rubs me the wrong way, wrong way a little bit sometimes. Yeah, um, it, I mean, look, he's an he's an alpha. Uh, he he just wants to talk his talk, and and I think for me, what it is is, look, you are probably the best athlete on the field ninety nine percent of the time at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. I I'm under the impression if you're that guy, you don't have to tell people they know. And I I feel like his thing is after every play, whether it's an incomplete pass where the corner's talking, he feels the need to talk back, or if he makes a big play, he feels the need to talk. And I just feel like, to me, if you're that guy, if you're that talented where you are a problem for the opposing team, there's nothing to be said. You just are that guy on the field. There, there's a there's a fine line between being an alpha and giving yourself a competitive advantage because that's how you're fueled right. and letting people get inside your head. Yep. I think there is a very, very fine line there. I'm worried that George is on the wrong side of that line, but I agree completely to the sense George Pickens if healthy, and if in the right mindset, is probably a top 20 pick. He's yes. that talented. Just there's a lot of questions for him to be answered right now. And, and honestly, when I think about it, I'd rather have the corner, like a corner be somebody who's mouthy. I'd rather not have a receiver. You really don't see a lot of receivers have that mentality and be successful. More often than not, the receivers are the, are the ones who get worked up easily. You see the Josh Normans, the Jalen Ramseys, the J.C. Horns have success at talking smack because they're the ones getting inside the head of the receiver. So it's interesting that you guys bring that up. I think that is problematic to have a guy who can't keep his cool that's going to be catching footballs for you. Uh, Let's get on to talking about our biggest bums. So this is going to be the Tamarian Terry watch list. Another Florida State guy. (coughs) Ryan had him in his top five. (coughs) Uh, during last year's scouting series. <clears throat> uh, Tamori Terry, though, out of Florida State, fits the criteria of biggest bums for somebody that we think is going to get overhyped a little bit early on, and then once everybody realizes they're not very good, they potentially go either undrafted or get drafted super-duper late. So let's hear your biggest bum. Ryan, who you got? So I don't know if super-duper late is the good, good quantifier here because I think he might be a day-two pick. But I think David Bell from Purdue is like, he's being hyped up a lot. There's some guys that have him in like the wide receiver one conversation. So he's listed at 6'2", 200. I'm here to tell you that there's no way he's 6'2". He's like 6'1". Yeah, he's short. There's no way. He's, I was watching his film. There's no way he's 6'2". There's zero chance. The, good, the positives are he does exceptionally well in the air. He 
plays the role very well in the air. He's got great body control, contest the catch guy, good. Fantastic. That's that's awesome stuff. The problem is, I don't think he's very athletic. I think he is going to be like a 4-6 guy, which, okay, that's fine sometimes, but we're seeing that breed of contested catch, not be able to make separation guys, less and less effective at the next level. Unless you're DeAndre Hopkins, it just doesn't work, right? Like, there's not many guys that make that work. And the problematic thing is, doesn't create separation except in the air. And I think he's only six foot one. So how well is that going to translate? Because again, not every guy is going to be DeAndre Hopkins in the air, despite being only six foot one. Like usually those guys are Cortland Sutton, who is six foot four, right? So I don't think that he has the size profile to fit the mold that he is. And I don't think he creates any type of separation. I don't think he's as bad as Sage Surratt, like that whole conversation last spring. Uh, or last summer, I should say. But I do think that there are some similar troubling areas with a guy like him. I think that it's a dying breed, and I don't think that he does anything special ability to create separation outside of in the air. Man, that's so funny, because I was literally about to bring that up, the Sage Surratt thing. I was like, I'm not going to be as low on him as Surratt. I think, no. you know, similar profile, but I think David Bell's got a little bit more to him as a as an athlete. Uh, but similar uh, similar viewpoint. That's that's so funny that you brought that up right there before you you transitioned to me. Uh, but yeah, David Bell is just someone that he has a lot of good traits, but not a lot of great, especially on the athletic side of side of things. And that's something that's important when translating to the next level. I mean, he he's a fun player. I get it to a degree. Uh, I've heard some people argue David Bell over George Pickens because of the stats, and <laughs> you know I whatever we 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 we're just not gonna have that conversation but i mean david bell's a good football player he's a good college player and i think he'll like you said be a, a late day to pick probably when it's all said and done because i think he's gonna get a lot of work in that purdue offense this year and i think he's gonna have a, a good productive year and a good productive career and people like that kind of stuff so i think he's a he's a good football player not as bad in my opinion as sage Sherratt, someone who had a lot of fans as david bell does this summer but um you know overall i I'm, i was a little underwhelmed with him as well, like you said, uh, given given the hype so far this this summer. Yeah, I had I had a third round grade. I have a third round grade on him currently, which I'm going to leave summer with. But like, it's good. Like, there's nothing wrong with a third round grade. It's just right. people. I mean, people are saying that he's a first round pick and stuff, and it's just nah, man. I, I don't see it because I, I again, I just I don't think he's incredibly quick twitch. I don't think that he's super explosive. Like, I I struggling. Where is he going to win outside of the occasional 50-50 ball when moving at the next level? Corners are bigger. They're stronger. They're faster. Like you're seeing dudes every single week. It's not the Big Ten. No disrespect to the Big Ten, but like he's playing some guys that just aren't going to cut it at the next level. And winning the winning in the air against some of these players, it's just not super translatable to the next level. So that's my problem. All right, Alex, do you have your guy to pitch? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm going to stay in the Big Ten and talk about someone that's gotten some hype. Uh, I haven't heard as much hype this summer, but someone that people have been high on throughout his young career to this point, that's Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Someone that small, um, small is okay because there's there's small receivers that are good, but I just don't see a super, super dynamic athlete as a route runner and someone that doesn't have the play strength. I know he has a crazy good highlight against Ohio State, and I think people love that, the Ohio State game against Sean Wade and some of those corners there. 
Um, in that game, in prime time, people fell in love with him. And I, I think if you really dive into the tape, there, he's nothing more than just a guy, honestly. I, I, it's just... It just is what it is, and I, I saw a lot of people on the on the timeline that have been hyping him up over the last probably year or so since since that game. So uh, just someone that I'm just not going to be as high on. I think he's probably a mid day three kind of guy. Yeah, and he's he's a sim. It's a similar problem with David Bell. It's like they're, they're so they're different sizes, right? David Bell's probably two inches taller, right? But I mean, John Dotson's 5'11", 182 pounds, and his best trade is that he wins in the air. Like, yes. how translatable is that? <laughs> like, where is he making his separation? You just don't see separation on film. All right, let's continue on now to getting to our uh, watch list for potential risers. Before we do, though, I need to share a message with you from a new sponsor, that being Moink, which you might have seen on Shark Tank, which is a meat subscription service. Moink was founded by an Eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he has ever tasted. And frankly, I agree when I got my sample box that they sent me. And Jamie Simoff, creator of the Ring Video Doorbell, invested in Moink. Why do just four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? Because big food crushes the little guy. You can help that. You can help change that with moinkbox.com. Why are 97% of the chickens served in the U.S. dipped in chlorine? Simple, because big food doesn't have the same quality standards as the family farm. And that's why you need moinkbox.com. The best bacon, the best steak, and the best chicken, and the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from the grocery store. You'll only find it on the family farm caught by independent Alaskan fishermen and caught by an independent Alaskan fisherman. And that is why you need Moinkbox. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe right now. And listeners to, uh, to the, of the show get a free bacon for a year with every box ordered. That's one year of, uh, of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. You better jump on that, folks. That's free bacon. You order a box of meat and you get free bacon. What do you what's that face that you're making, Ryan? I'm trying not to laugh. I'm sorry. Why? I don't know. Why? Just, what's so what's so I, I funny? I just heard you talk about a box full of meat made me laugh. I'm sorry. <sighs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> We're really professional over here. Ryan thank that oh God, I'm I'm going to give you a hard time after the show. I don't, I'm not going to forget. All right. Kadarius Tony watch list, which is our, our biggest riser. And this is somebody who we're looking for that might be like in the middle of the pack right now that could develop into a first round prospect, just like Kadarius Tony did in this past class. So Ryan, who is your potential riser? Well, Alex stole mine. Sorry. I'm sorry. I got here first. I'm trying to collect myself. Actually, no, I was here first because I started the Zoom meeting. But I'm um, about the, the dog. Uh, so I'm trying to collect myself. I'm trying to stop crying because that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I'm going to pick a guy out of Clemson. Talk about another wide receiver factory. We've seen guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins to a degree, Amari Rogers. There's been some good football players. Cornell Powell. It's been producing good wide receivers at the next level. Martavis Bryant, whenever he's on the field, is a good football player. Like There's a lot of talented players coming out of Clemson. So, in 2018, I believe it was 2018, yep, 2018, 
Justin Ross was a true freshman with Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. And if you, after that season, after the national championship, after the playoff run that Justin Ross had at six foot four, 205 pounds, if you would have said at that point that Justin Ross was going to be a top 10 pick in the next year's draft, um, everybody would have agreed because he was dynamic and he was electric as a true freshman. Then his sophomore season comes and he's banged up all year and he's just not quite as explosive and as effective as he was as a true freshman. So then he comes to the 2020 season and he has an issue with his spinal cord and he's not able to play. I think it was actually his neck into his spinal cord. His neck, yeah. yeah, it was something where they had to mend, you know, they had to mend it, right? So wasn't able to play all season. And obviously with the, with the injury that ever involves a neck or a back, it's a very troublesome proposition. A lot of people are talking like, is he going to be able to play again? Well, he's back this fall. He, he ended up coming back to school to Clemson. And I am hopeful here because right now there's a lot of questions surrounding Justin Ross. The last season that he played was not phenomenal, not nearly as good as his freshman year. He's dealing with some injury issues now. Some, uh, I mean, some big injury issues. This isn't like a small issue. This is something where medical is going to be huge for a guy like Justin Ross. But I'm here to tell you, if everything is right and he can get back to that 2018 form when he's a true freshman, my guy could be a top five receiver in this class because he's 6'4", and he's a much better athlete than people give him credit for. I think he's a legit 4'4-something athlete. I think he's got some juice to him. He's got great body control. He flashes phenomenal hands. He's not ever going to be the guy where he's the most fantastic route runner of all time, but that's not how he wins. He's a vertical plane receiver. And I think that he still has big-time first-round talent. Is he going to end up going there? Probably not because of the injury. But I do believe that Justin Ross, if healthy, if everything is cleared up, I think that he is a potential low-end number-one receiver on the next level, maybe a high-end too. Like I think that he has that type of potential. Justin Ross is special when healthy. Yeah, I recently went on a, a fellow Believe uh, podcast, the Water Cooler podcast, I believe, and we talked about Justin Ross a little bit and how he's kind of become the forgotten man uh, in college football and, and here in the 2022 you know wide receiver draft class that we're talking about here. He's been forgotten. And you go back, like Ryan said, to that playoffs in, in I believe it was 2018 and you know, the the Alabama game, the one-handed catch where he's it's behind him, you know, that's where it really started. I mean, it's just ridiculous the catch radius that this kid has, and he's kind of been forgotten. You know, you have the neck injury. There are some question marks for sure, but like Ryan said, if he returns to form, returns to what he was pre-injury, there's no question this guy could easily, especially in a wide receiver class like we talked about at the top, that's not quite as impressive at the top as we've seen the last couple of years, could easily be considered in that top five and considered in the top 50 or so draft picks, uh, you know, come come April. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. That's a good name to mention as he is so, you know, no one talks about him anymore as, as talented as he is. So I, I'm with you there. Who's your who's your riser pick that you stole from Ryan earlier? Yeah, so Ryan doesn't like that I stole him, but I was in the Google Doc first, so I got first dibs. I know we both like him, so I know Ryan's going to go down a rabbit hole as well. About Trey Turner out of Virginia Tech, someone that's got size, in my opinion, someone that's got plenty of speed, plenty of juice, someone that has probably perfected the fade route in the red zone. Uh, time and time again, c- comes down with miraculous grabs through contact. Someone that can play physical, can can catch the ball through contact. I really think he checks a lot of boxes and what really just I love about him is his acceleration after the catch, his his ability after the catch. I think he really checks a lot of boxes you like 
And I think he's just kind of been flying under the radar, which kind of points to this this exact category. Talking about the Kadarius Tony watch list, let's just talk about Trey Turner and his his ability to do everything for you well. There's going to be some transition at Virginia Tech, obviously Hendon Hooker to to what's to come in Virginia Tech, you know, going forward, and if they can really express, you know, showcase the the abilities that Trey Turner has going forward. But I really like. What I've seen from him in, in a limited watch, I think he's an explosive athlete. Uh, not, you know that I thought going into it, I knew he had speed, and I thought, okay, this guy is going to be, you know, a good chain mover guy that can get open quick and, and get down. But he's a lot more physical and does a lot more at the catch point uh, than I than I anticipated. So I really like Trey Turner. Yeah, I'm not going to go too much down the rabbit hole because I will say, I mean, I've talked about him a few times in the past. Best body control in 2022, in my opinion. He, the dude lives in the air, and he is a springy athlete. And I think that there's a lot to like about Trey Turner. The production has been solid, considering the fact that Virginia Tech doesn't throw the football much. Like they really no. don't. Like he's their best option. They have a tight end named James Mitchell, who's also a pretty talented football yeah. player. But in a normal offense, if we're talking about Trey Turner on a Clemson or an Ohio State or in Alabama or whatever it might be. We might be talking about Trey Turner as a top five wide receiver in the class. Unfortunately, he just hasn't had the volume at Virginia Tech that he deserves talent-wise. All right, guys. Now's our favorite part of the show, which is sharing our top fours and fives and then guessing the top threes. So getting into those fours and fives, Ryan has a number four, George Pickens out of Georgia, and then number five, John Mechie out of Alabama. Alex, on the other hand, Zay Flowers out of Boston College at number four. And then number five, John Mechie, again, out of Alabama. Guys, I want to talk about John Mechie before we get into guessing the top threes here. Mm -hmm. The reason why I feel like he's going to always, any Alabama receiver seemingly is always a a polarizing name in any draft cycle. We we had all these guys that were selected in the last two classes that are going to go on to have Great NFL careers, and then here comes John Mechie, who has slowly worked his way into a bigger and bigger role. What do you guys think about Mechie, and why do you think he fits so well at that five spot? And I th- actually, I think like an added layer to that is some classes five might be a first round pick. So like, wh- how how high do you maybe see him going as well? Well, I, I don't think that five is a first-round pick in this situation. I think that he is a second-round-level player, I think is what I had on him. He is a very solid football player. I think that he is not in the category of the Jerry Judys and the Jalen Waddles and the Devonta Smiths. He's not in that tier, Henry Ruggs. Like, he's not that. He's not a first-round caliber player, in my opinion, yet. But I do think that he did a lot of great things last year, and I think that he is stylistically – I mean, the kid is a very good route runner, gets in and out of breaks clean. I don't think that he is the dynamic athlete. I think he's a good athlete. I don't think he's dynamic, though. I don't think he's going to be like low 4-4s, high 4-3s like we've been getting out of Alabama in the last couple of years. But I think he's mid to high 4-4s, maybe 4-5, who's just kind of checks all the boxes. But I, I'm missing a dynamic element, but I think as a route runner – as a good athlete, I think that there is a reasonable projection for a guy like a John Mechie. Maybe he gets a little higher because he continues to, to show off that nuance that a Devonta Smith eventually grew on me a little bit towards the end. Like I think that he has that talent to him. I just don't see that a dynamic weapon. I think I just see a more a very solid wide receiver too at the next level. No, I'm with you. I have a second round 
preliminary grade on him as well. And a lot of the things you said is exactly how I feel. You talk, you compare him naturally. You're going to compare him to what has been at Alabama over the last couple of years. And he just doesn't have that necessarily it thing about him. Of course, Henry Ruggs had his deep speed. Jalen Waddle had his, you know, burst in, in speed and acceleration. Jerry Judy had his route running and Devonta Smith just had his overall catch point game uh, that he had in 2020, especially. But John Mechie doesn't really have nothing doesn't really have anything to him that screams at you, but he's a really nuanced football player. I think a lot uh, a lot of his routes are just super crisp, like you alluded to uh, there a second ago, Ryan. I think he does the head fake really well. He really sells breaks and, and breaks off the other way. I think John Mechie's a really he, – he plays the position like a really seasoned veteran uh, as a younger receiver there uh, at Alabama that's kind of had a shadow cast over him over these other wide receivers that have been here over the last couple of years and, and and gone on to the NFL. But I think John Mechie is a good wide receiver. And I, like you said, I think he's going to be a good wide receiver too at the next level. And I don't think that's a knock on him at all. I think that's a valuable asset. Obviously you're, you're a good starting uh, wide receiver in the NFL. I just don't necessarily see the upside of him being that number one target getter uh, in an NFL offense. Agreed. All right. Guessing time guys. Here comes the fun part. So, Ryan, you're up first. Guess Alex's top three. I'm very confident that I know who the top three are. I'm just struggling a little bit what the order is going to be. Um, are you sure? I feel like I there's one guy that you could be thrown off about. Just guess. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that Alex is a big George Pickens guy. So I'm going to say George Pickens is number one. I'm going to say George Pickens is number one. I'm going to say Traylon Burks is number two. And then I'm going to say, since he said that and he's throwing me off a little bit, I'm going to say Chris Olave is number three. Okay, Alex, you're up. Um, so you have George Pickens at four, as we discussed a second ago. So George Pickens yep. is not in your top three. I'm struggling with who the third guy is because I know you're lower on Chris Olave. Um, but I know Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson are going to be one, two. But I'm going to guess in that order. So Traylon Burks is one, Garrett Wilson two. Number three, I'm struggling with who this would be. Um, the only other guy I can see you having up here, it's not Chris Olave, like I said. So I know you like Zay Flowers. So and you said something about a top fifty duo with with Zay Flowers and and Phil Dracovic. So I think if he's a top fifty, yeah, let's go Zay Flowers number three. All right, so Alex gets the dub yet again. <laughs> Jesus, Ryan. Well, no, he catch didn't get it right, though. Well, wait, 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 wait. He, he, right. got, he got the ordering of the one and two were incorrect, oh, you Alex. Wilson one. So that doesn't count. But you were uh, – it's a technical win here because you were the closest. Had you have flipped them, flipped the other – the one and the two, you would have nailed it. Was Ryan, I Ryan, you off? weren't even – you I were way off, off again. Back-to-back -back weeks. You're just – you're rusty. Something's off, man. Let me hear it. I don't know what it is. All right. Alex's top three was Traylon Burks, Arkansas – Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, and then George Pickens, Georgia. So you picked what, what? the wrong Ohio State. Wait, wait, State. wait. You, you were such a jerk, Alex. Because those Why? are the three I was thinking of. And you're like, oh, are you sure? One guy might throw you off. No, like, he's true. No, he's trying to no, mess you up. We, you can't yeah, get talked you out of it. You got to stick doing? to your guns there. I thought you thought I thought you were thinking that Chris Olave over Garrett Wilson and you were going to leave no. Garrett Wilson off. Okay, not, not, okay. not original thought. No. And then I was uh, like, oh, does he like Chris Olave that much? Okay. No, he's, he, he's in that Speaking of George Pickens letting guys get into his head, you just let Alex – 
talk you out of that at the line of scrimmage. Dude, Alex, Alex is just a deceptive man. What do you want me to yeah. say? Ryan, that's, I think it's back-to-back weeks that's happened as well. Can we do the box full of meat ad again real quick? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Oh, that's your way to come back because I stumbled through that for, for like 15 minutes. Uh, Ryan's top three was Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, two, and then Zay Flowers. Wow, Zay Flowers. Okay, three. so I had him at three. Okay. I like so Zay I'm, Flowers, I'm really He's attracted to... Uh, the, the, there's two names in here I want to wrap up the show with because uh, I, f- I feel as though we haven't gotten to them really. And you guys have similarities with, with one of these guys. So first of all, Traylon... Actually, you have similarities with two of these guys. Traylon Burks has been somebody I feel like you guys have mentioned in the chat a decent amount. And I, and I know that you guys are both big fans of his because he's got like really, really really interesting traits so let's talk a little bit about uh Traylon Burks and why you have him so high and then in like where you think he could end up well I I kind of did my piece on Traylon I think he's firmly going to be in the first round conversation because of the athleticism and the and the um the physicality that he plays with I did a preliminary grade on him actually had a very high second round grade like right on the cusp of late first I do think there's a lot of work to be done like I said as a route runner and the nuance of the position but the talent's all there. I just don't. I just think that he's a little bit of a projection right now because, again, I think Arkansas does hinder his ability to be a complete wide receiver right now. Yeah, I, I was about to say. I think if he's not at Arkansas, he's firmly talked about in this wide receiver one category. He's had Felipe Franks as his quarterback, so um, not good football not player. I, not ideal. Uh, Atlanta Falcon Felipe Franks. <laughs> I love to see it. <laughs> I love to. See, you love to see it. So it's not ideal for him, the situation, and they're going to go through another transition at quarterback that's probably not going to be too beneficial for him. But I just think you you take him out of his situation. you got a good football player overall. LaVisca How Chanel. dare you? How what? dare you insult K.J. Jefferson like that, dude? How dare you? <laughs> oh, excuse me. All right, so the other, other guy here, Garrett Wilson, who I, I'm surprised a little bit that Chris Olave didn't make it into anybody's top five because – all I have seen since the end of the last draft cycle is Chris Olave, wide receiver one. That's people BFF. were saying that la- <laughs> it was last. Was no, BFF. but last cycle, people were saying, oh, Chris Olave going back, he's going to be wide receiver one. He's automatically, without even looking at who the other dudes were, they're like, Chris Olave, uh, wide receiver one. So that's not the case here. We don't need to, t- I don't want to talk about Olave. I want to talk about Garrett Wilson and how he ends up as either number one or number two in this scenario and, and where he might end up getting drafted. So we're not going to talk about Zay Flowers? Yeah, I was about to say, how are we not going to talk about Zay Flowers? Fa- if, uh, I will allow a Zay Flowers conversation, but let's okay. talk. You guys are always so mad at me. Just for the, Can we talk about Garrett Wilson and then get to Zay Flowers? You're yes, like, we can. Garrett oh, Wilson, yeah. go back to his okay. freshman year, had the most absurd play of all time. I mean, it is a meme where he it literally looks like he has like a 50-inch vert against what, what was it? It was against Clemson, Clemson right that yeah, year. Yeah, in the playoff. It was dude, it was one of the most spectacular plays ever and immediately you're like, who the heck is number 5? And then 2020 season comes around and you quickly find out uh who number 5 is. Garrett <laughs> Wilson is quite good. Uh best athlete on the field in my opinion. I think Chris Olave is a good athlete. I think his straight line speed is good. I think he's a nuanced route runner. I think all the stuff about Chris Olave is very solid. I think I had a late second, early third on Chris Olave. Like, he's a good football player. This Garrett Wilson kid, though, this kid could be special. Because when he is in space, he is stupid, man. He makes guys look dumb. They run jets to him just to get the football in his hands, little jet tap passes, all this type of stuff. Like, this is the kid that you manipulate space to to get just get the football in his hand. And then... 
He has good ability as a route runner. He gets in and out of breaks quick. He has good vertical speed. He can win all three levels. He's a multi-level threat. I love Garrett Wilson, man. I think that he's a kid not only – some people are going to say, like, oh, he's a little smaller. We're going to throw him in the slot. No, I think he's a Z. I think he's a slot. I think he can play all over the place. I think he's a mismatch waiting to happen at the next level. Garrett yeah, Wilson's he's a, a he's player. a nightmare to play in off-man coverage, off coverage because he, he's just going to shake it once he gets up in there. So, no, I'm with you. Garrett Wilson's fun to watch. Uh, he, he just got a lot of athleticism to him. He can separate. I, I don't hate his long speed. I, I think it's that good. it's yeah, it's solid. Like it's good it's enough good. for how how quick he is in and out of his breaks. Uh, he can separate within that first five yards more than he can thereafter. But I think he does enough with his athleticism and short spaces to to separate. If separation is a concern for you without speed, so um, no, I I love what what he brings to the table at the catch point. He's strong. Uh, he can get up there, as you talked about that Clemson game from a couple years ago. I think he the the corner safety, whatever it was, the defensive back jumping was at his kneecaps. I mean, it was ridiculous how high he could get up there. So you have a, a freak athlete. I think is going to test well, especially short spaces, explosive movements. Um, I, I really like what he has to, like you said, inside out versatility is good. I'm going to make play. a comp that's the weirdest comp of all okay, time, not, but I'm going to do don't it. Don't force comps. Uh, no, no, it. no. This is not a force comp. He's a combination player. Okay. So this guy is like if you mixed, um, if you mix Golden Tate with Ooh. Calvin Ridley, like this is this dude because he has that fluidity in and out of routes of a Calvin Ridley, yeah. but he plays so much more physically than a Calvin Ridley does. Like this guy is a yak dynamo, sort of like Golden Tate is. So it's not a perfect cop because you're mission, mixing yeah. two skill sets, but like more. Let, let's just leave it as a a more physically gifted yak version of Calvin Ridley. Can we do that instead? All right, let's wrap up our, our show here with Zay Flowers that you guys fought so hard for. And Zay Flowers, I, I was in, intrigued that you guys were both so high on him because like, I, I knew last year he was talented, and when we were covering Notre Dame, he was a name to be aware of for that, for that game when we were previewing it. He was the best receiver for Dracovic, maybe separate from Hunter Long, and he was productive last season, but I wasn't really sure where where a smaller ACC program receiver was going to fit into the conversation. So, how does he end up working his way in? Like, wh- why does he deserve to be in this top either four or three conversation? You know, what's funny is I talked to the pro liaison at Boston College before last football season, and we asked him, um, you know, are there any wide receiver skill position players? Like, he named Hunter Long. Like, we talked about that before. He said, and this is a, like almost a direct quote, not exactly, but he said, you know, we don't get the athletes at receiver, right? My dude lied to me, very much so, because <laughs> Zay Flowers is a Florida kid to start out with, and he fits that, man, like, I don't understand how they, they lied to me like this, because this kid is a really good athlete, and he is yak guy most likely going to play the majority in the slot, but I think he's got a good second gear. I think I didn't see anything wrong with ball skills or hands. I think everything is good there. And I thought the yak was fantastic. Vision in the open field is phenomenal. He's that modern day guy. Like if he lands in a Kyle Shanahan esque offense where they try to get the football in his hand quick and let him work in space, 
My guy's good, man. I'm telling you, Zay Flowers can play some football. Oh, I think I think he's got some rare change of direction ability, like you said, especially huh? in the open field after the catch. But I think there's even some untapped potential for him as a route runner to to kind of u- utilize that skill set as a Agreed. as an athlete in in short spaces, changing directions in his routes, dis- deceiving defensive backs. I think there's some untapped potential there, and like you said, after the catch, he's got that down because you know with the ball in his hands, he's he's an animal. I think he plays with more physicality than I expected. He's super fast, super quick, in my opinion. I you said you don't have any problems with his ball skills. I didn't love that. Was my one big negative on him was I felt like he didn't have the best hands, and maybe that was just the games I watched. Um, you know, the the North Carolina game as well as the uh, the Clemson game. I want to say I felt like I, I had some hands problems, but aside from that, I was going to say if he cleans up his drops that I saw and his his lack of uh, ball skills there. Uh, as far as just concentration goes, I think we have a complete football player from a you know as a as kind of that Y receiver, that slot receiver, um, you know, going forward. I really like Zay Flowers. I think I think the only reason he missed out of my top three is just because I like some of the upside of George Pickens. I know we're flipped on that, um, and I'm sure George Pickens the injury doesn't help anything as far as his ranking for us here this summer. But Zay Flowers is a good football player. I'm surprised we both had him in our top five as well, like Joe said. Someone that's not talked about. Mm-hmm. I know. He just doesn't. I know he's talented. I know that he's got some some juice to him. And I remember watching him before and during that Boston College game. But like, I just I don't know why I never considered him to be a top five guy because I don't do the grading. So it's interesting that you guys consider him to be that good. He's better than uh, your boy Kadarius Tony that just got drafted twentieth overall. So <gasps> that's interesting. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. On that note, uh, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Leave us a five star review. Follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon, at Alex Gilstrap, whatever Ryan's handle is. I'm sure you can find it somewhere at Rise and Draft and also at NFL Prospects Pod to stay up to date on all of our content. Uh, lastly, head to Believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other amazing shows. Any team that you can think of, we've got content for it. We'll talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week and stay tuned for some awesome interviews. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.